Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's our pleasure to welcome back uh, Pitt Great. NFL on ESPN. He's in town, or not in town, he's in Baltimore, but he's calling the Steelers and Ravens. 4.30 kickoff tomorrow. A lot on the line for the Steelers. Win and keep your fingers crossed for help on Sunday. Baltimore reduced to playing backups because they have the number one seed. All locked up. I'm talking about Lewis Riddick back with us here. Lewis, Andrew Filipponi, and Chris Muller, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? We're fired up, man. We really are. Things have changed big time for us from where we were after the Steelers had lost to the Colts and three in a row and it looked like their season was in peril and here comes Mason Rudolph to the rescue what he's done the last two games Lewis just your take on what's unfolded here and what's gone down at the quarterback situation your take on Rudolph over Pickett well I think it's I, I think it's not necessarily fair or accurate just to trace this back to Mason singularly um if Mason was the answer to everything that has ailed the Pittsburgh Steelers, then they wouldn't have drafted Kenny Pickett. They wouldn't have signed Mitchell Trubisky. Like this, this would have been an easy fix a long time ago. Now that's not taking anything away from what Mason has done over the past two weeks in particular, because he has been on fire and I can understand why Mike is doing what he's doing in terms of sticking with him, despite the fact that Kenny has been cleared to play. So I get it, but I guess I'll put it like this. I think, You know, football is always complementary between phases, offense, defense, special teams, and then within phases. I mean, in in this particular case on the offense, what really has started to roll for this football team is you see the way this offensive line is coming off the ball. You see the way Najee and Jalen Warren are running. You see the very detailed, smart, timely usage of motion and what it does for the run game and the pass game. And then you see what happens when things are very clear, very defined, very simplified. You're playing to the strengths of your team, and you dial up the obvious things that you need to dial up to feature the guys who are your best players. And in this particular case, I'm talking about the passing game. And whenever the hell George is one-on-one, throw it to him. Just throw it to him. He's going to win nine out of ten times. And Mason has done a fantastic job of getting the ball to him. He's done a fantastic job of keeping the ball out of harm's way. 
He's done a great job of then next level holding defenders, moving defenders, manipulate second-level defenders to keep them where he needs them so he can keep George in these one-on-one situations. And George is delivered. He is absolutely delivered. The tight ends have delivered in the run game. The way they're setting the edge, the way they're tandem blocking, the way Allen Robinson has contributed in, in blocking, you know, in the in the run game. Calvin's jet sweep against Cincinnati, the way in which he, you know, he came across the formation and was rolling on that play. The way Jalen Warren set up that play when he just absolutely knocked the hell out of um, who was that that he hit? Pratt, uh, Jermaine Pratt. Yeah, Jermaine Pratt, exactly. And you saw what Jalen and Nazi were doing to uh, Seattle's defenders last week. You saw those stiff arms they were throwing last week. You saw how Broderick was blocking last week. Have you seen James Daniel block any better than he's blocked over the past two weeks? I haven't. Mason Cole looks fantastic. I mean, th- these guys right now, whatever, whatever it is that has allowed this football team to, from a complimentary standpoint on the offensive side of the ball, say over the past two weeks, the hell with it. We're coming downhill. We're punching in the face. We're going to play like the Steelers of 1994. When I played against the Cowher Steelers, and we lost them to them three times in one season when I was with the Browns. We lost to them twice in the regular season and then lost to them again in the playoffs. And John L. Williams yep. and Van Mars both ran for over 100. So, or let's see, John L., Van Mars, and Barry Foster, all three of them ran for over 100 that day. <laughs> That's the kind of mentality that this team has now, spinning it forward. And I think collectively – it's a beautiful thing to see because I'm sure people in Pittsburgh are going, this is what the hell we've been waiting for. This is what we're used to. So, hey, Coach Faulkner, keep it going. Coach Sullivan, keep it going. Because this right here is something that has caught the attention of their opponents. It has the attention of the Ravens, trust me. And it has the attention of us as a broadcast crew tomorrow because I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I can't. I love football that really is simplified. It's about hat on hat, block control, physicality, technique, and it's about staying power for three and a half hours or however long the game lasts. What better way to end the season than with that? Lewis. All those complimentary things and line-related things, I don't think you'd get a, an ounce of disagreement about any of that from anyone in Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh. Excuse me, We've all seen it, and yet you would say it's the last two weeks it's happened, and people would say, well, how much of that has to do then with just getting a little bit of a steadier performance from the quarterback? So when you look at Rudolph, what has okay. he done in those two weeks that, you've, that you feel has been maybe different from what they were getting the well, weeks prior? Well, what, what I would say is, okay, so like I said, Mason has been very good with decision-making, ball out on time, putting the ball where it needs to be put. Look, the, the way he's throwing the speed outs, the timing that he's throwing them with, the location he's throwing them with has been fantastic. Um, his connection with George down the field on the nine balls outside the numbers, and he's dropped some absolute just rainmakers right into the bread bed. I mean, beautiful. And George is making the plays. There's no question about that. Deontay has looked good. They have responded to him in the passing game in particular 
in a way that can't be denied. I wouldn't. I would have made the same decision that that Mike made as far as keeping Mason in there. The team has responded to him. There's no question about that. I think it's a multi-layered issue. I think that the way the teams look, look, quarterback. I mean, offensive linemen don't all of a sudden come off the ball and block, and running backs don't run the way that they're running simply because, well, new quarterbacks in, I'm going to try harder now. I'm just going to do better now. So it's not one of those where Mason comes in and they go, oh, there's the answer. Now we're going to start. Now we're going to get our ass in gear. Now we're going to knock some people off the ball. No, it doesn't work like that. I know people want to make that connection that, well, the reason why Najee and Jalen are running this way is because they didn't want to run that way when Kenny was in there. No, that's not true. That's not how it works. And I think if we try and make that connection, we're doing Kenny a disservice and we're putting – more giving Mason more credit than what he actually would deserve in that respect. And that's not to take anything away from the guy because the guy has been playing winning football. And again, for the third time, I'll say this, I would have left him in there too. Lewis, I would have left him in there too. Lewis Riddick with us, uh, calling the game tomorrow for ESPN. What a gigantic game for the Steelers and Ravens with the Steelers having to win that game. And then uh, hope for some help on Sunday with the Jags Titans and possibly Bill's Dolphins later in the night. Um, yeah. So, So what do you think then, what is Kenny Pickett's future with the Steelers as you see it right now, Lewis Riddick? I don't know. That's the honest answer. I don't know. I think going into next year, look, that's going to be something that's going to require a lot of internal discussion as to, one, individually, where's the player at in his development? What have we done to help him? What have we done to hurt him? What has he done to help himself? What is it that we think in our estimation, meaning I'm talking like if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, what is it that he, that we feel like maybe he doesn't have? That maybe did we miss on something? Does he not have the, kind, the, the, the things that we need in order to take this team to the next level or not? There's a lot of discussion that's going to go on about that in the offseason that we're not going to be privy to, and they have more information than we do. And then number two, the bigger picture discussion. I think Mike has alluded to this. What did we do to help him scheme-wise, coaching-wise, play-calling-wise uh, play when he was in there? What, were, what was the support like around him when he was in there as opposed to when he wasn't in there and Mason kind of took off? What was the difference? Why did, that, why did Mason be in there? Why did it all of a sudden spark? Why did all of a sudden everything start to click? All of that stuff is going to need to be talked about to determine, okay, so now how do we go into 24? Do we go into it with Kenny having to compete to be the starter? Do we just put him back in there as the starter? What if they make it into the playoffs and they go on a run? Yeah. You know, so there, there's a lot of things we don't know right now that will determine how those conversations look. And honestly, I would say this. Everything's probably going to be on the table, as it should be. I would say, though, for you, Lewis, based on the information you have right now, you've been in front offices before. You've, yeah. you've strived for GM chairs. Like, which direction would you be leaning? At this moment, that one right there that I just told you, I'd have to. I, I think everything would be on the table. Would you be making sure to bring Mason back? Because it seems like Trubisky's the obvious odd guy out. Eat the right. dead money. How how motivated would yeah, you be to bring I, I, Mason I, back? I, I think I think that's probably something that, especially if he winds up winning tomorrow, they, maybe they get into the playoffs, and who knows? Who knows what the hell happens from there? Yeah, I think I would definitely be thinking. Look, we have to prepare for the fact that. This is a guy we need back here, for sure. We do. And then what else do we need to do? 
then what do we need to do? Are we set then? We let those two guys battle it out in the off season. Like how how do we handle this? Yeah, I, I don't. Right right now, I definitely would be leaning towards he has to be on the roster in twenty four for sure. Lewis, when you say all options are on the table, like I throw out names like Russell Wilson, Justin Fields in a trade, Michael Penix drafted somewhere late first round, second round. Are you talking about things like that? Yeah, I mean, look again. These these, these situations, I, I know you want me to like make a hard, you know, like a. a you know, draw a line in the sand and say, well, this is what I would do. Well, I, I can't do that simply because they have info about how they feel and the guy who's at the center of this conversation, how they feel Kenny has come along and what he has yet to still yep. uh, accomplish that I don't have. And you can't make a hard line decision on that without having that information. Hell, they can't. They're not even making that decision yet. And they have all the info. So it's it's one of those where this is this is going to be a situation. There, there's no doubt it'll dominate the conversation all season in Pittsburgh. Lewis, and we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll discuss it some on, on TV tomorrow during the game. Well, y- you and I both back in August. I, I'll speak for myself here. You know, I thought Kenny was going to compete for a championship this season. I thought he would get MVP votes. Maybe I thought he was going to be a breakout player, yep. one of the best yep. quarterbacks in the entire league. That yep. clearly hasn't happened. I, I know you were very bullish on him too. Sure. Very much so. I, I, on on tape, what, what did what happened in your opinion that kept him or prevented that season from happening for him? From what you, you know, saw, I've watched Kenny. I mean, obviously, my my focus over the past um, over the past week has really been studying Mason and why you know what is sparking him. Yep. In this offense right now. I'll have to do a real deep dive on, on, on Kenny to really give you the kind of answer that I'm typically going to give. I'm not going to just give some half-assed answer about, well, I think, you know, sure. maybe it was the play calling. Maybe it was, you know, Matt just wasn't able to, like, get this offense rolling. And maybe on this third down, they didn't really get the ball to the people they needed to. Or maybe George didn't run the right route. Or maybe Deontay didn't run the right route. Or maybe Kenny just doesn't have it. He didn't see it clearly. He bailed out of the pocket. So there's a number of different things I can just kind of, like, haphazardly throw at sure. you and slap out there and have people go, the people who like Kenny will go, yeah, that makes sense. The people who hate him go, oh, you're just defending him because you're a pit grad. <laughs> I, I need to look at it, and I will, because this is one of those where, look, I don't like being wrong. I don't like the fact that during the preseason, I thought Kenny was going to click with George. I thought this running game was going to go from the get-go and that this team was going to not struggle like it did. And so I'll be able to make my assessment after really looking at it like that, and then I still won't know some of the information that they know as far as what did hold him back. Why didn't it click? Was, I mean, obviously, we saw who they got rid of now, don't we? We saw the change that they did make, finally, didn't we? How much of a role did that play in it? How much was that a part of it? Um, Lewis, I have one question all, on this on this front. These are all great questions that I that we'll all have to like really dig into in the off season, and I will, I guarantee it. <laughs> Lewis, I wanted to ask you this because, and and I'll say it, it's from my perspective, what I see as a viewer, obviously not your trained eye, and so I just want wanted to see if you could react to this. The one thing I've noticed with Kenny that's been different from with Mason is Kenny mm-hmm. seemed more willing to get out of the pocket quickly and get to yep. the edge, spin into trouble. Sometimes Mason has largely stood in there and tried to yep. go through his reads. When we talk about pocket presence and being more comfortable, in your experience watching players from college to pros, then watching guys as they progress in the pros, is that something, that sense of being comfortable in the pocket, something that can be learned over a course of years? 
Or yeah. is that one of those innate things in your studies of players? No, it, it can be learned. Look, Kenny's not a coward. He's not afraid to stand in the pocket. He's not one of those guys who's going to be like, the rush is it's getting too hot in here, I'm the hell out of here, because he doesn't have that kind of courage. He's plenty tough. He also is plenty athletic to where sometimes, if in his judgment, he wants to get out of there and give himself a clearer view and or create some space for himself, you should afford him the right to do so. Now, that's not, that's not always something that's advantageous on a play-by-play basis. I will say this. It seems as though what they are asking Mason to do and the way in which they have simplified it for him in the passing game is something that really jives well with how he sees the game out there on the field. He's seeing it very clearly. And he is playing. Look, I've heard all the great quarterbacks. We've heard them all talk this way. He's playing on time. (laughs) It's happening on time for him. And so clearly whatever they're telling him in the classroom and how he's repping on the practice field, it's translating to the games in such a way that he's playing clean football. They're hypnotizing him into thinking it's the air raid in the Big 12, apparently, Lewis. What's that? I said they might be hypnotizing him then to thinking he's playing air raid football in the Big 12 again, the way he's looking. Who knows? But I'll tell you what. His his two-week resume here in 2023 is fantastic. Now, I will tell you this. Even though um, they will be obviously probably not – playing all their players tomorrow and we'll see which ones line up and which ones don't yep this is a step up in competition from cincy and seattle it's been a big way in a big big way i doubt it'll be as clean and as easy for him in this game as maybe it was when you're throwing a eight yard slant against single high and the safety takes an angle the angle of a blind man against cincy and he goes 86 <laughs> yards I doubt it's going to be like that. I doubt they're just going to get up on the line of scrimmage and not touch George at the line and let him just sprint off the ball in single high coverage and let Mason just basically throw seven on seven to him and say, hey, can you complete this or not? I don't think Mike McDonald and John Harbaugh are going to just go, yeah, let's just try that. Let's just try what Seattle did. Let's try what Cincy did. I think it'll be a little bit different. And you know what? If Mason answers the bell and he's still dealing like he's dealing right now, and that's going to make the offseason all the more interesting. Yeah, yeah, Lewis, I wanted to close with that. Like, if Rudolph finishes the season on a high note and plays well to the very end of the Steelers' season, he's a free yeah. agent. What do you think yeah. the market for him would look like? Yeah, it, that's, I mean, that's interesting because, you know, teams will, teams won't, when you're evaluating guys, obviously, you know, you want to make sure that you don't fall victim to recency bias and just, look at what you want to look at in order to justify what you want to do. you got to take it all and, and add it all up and say, look, who are we getting? Are we getting this three-game, four-game, five-game snippet of this player? Or do we know what he is based off of his full body of work? And, and we know that, hey, look, he's still someone who we would consider to be a backup who can come in in these spot situations for three and four games and light it up. Or do we think that all of a sudden now he's turned the corner to where he can be a 17-game starter and play playoff caliber football? Look, my, my guess is people are going to still value Mason Rudolph for what he has done this year, which is he's a guy who can come in and win games for you and play good for a number of different weeks. 
but it's not a 17-game sample size that we're looking at here, and so let's not fool ourselves. Until And I, I, would, I would be hard-pressed to think that some team is going to look at him as a 17-game starter, regardless of what he has done over the past two weeks, now going on this third game against Baltimore. Could he get a Heineke or Brissett deal or something like that, yeah, Lewis? That, that could be the situation. See, the guy who I'm thinking about, okay, there, there's been many quarterbacks who have had hot runs at the end of the season and on in, into the playoffs. Think about what happened with Nick Foles, right? Yep. So he leads the team to a Super Bowl, and they win it. And all of a sudden, people look at their they, – they start looking at him differently, thinking, well, maybe this guy is a 17-game starter. Maybe he's a franchise-type quarterback. And he starts being looked at as such, and then he disappoints. And see, those are the kind of things that scouting departments have to guard against and have to be very careful of when you're looking at a guy who's on a hot streak like he is right now. There's a reason why people are backups, people are starters, people are pro bowlers, and then people are Hall of Famers. And usually the difference between those guys is not if they can do it sometimes, it's if they can do it all the time. Backups can do it sometimes. The reason why they're backups is because you can't trust them to do it all the time. Starters are guys who you can win with, but probably guys who aren't going to maybe take you over the top and make game-changing difference-making plays. Those are pro bowlers. And then Hall of Famers are the guys who can do the kind of stuff that very, very few in the world can do. That's how you have to kind of start looking at this. So you can't be fooled by moments in time, but that's not to take anything away from the fact that Mason has taken this opportunity and he has run with it, dude. And again, Mike is making the right decision in my estimation. You've got to leave him in there. You've got to. Lewis Riddick, Pitt great, proud Pitt man. He's going to be calling Steelers and Ravens tomorrow afternoon on ESPN Channel 4 here in Pittsburgh. Lewis, it's always great when we get to have you on the Pitt flagship station. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk again soon, okay? You bet. Thanks for the combo, man. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.